0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What are we supposed to understand from Jesus' entry into Jerusalem? How should we understand this? What should it mean for us? We have to think about all the things that took place and why they happened the way they did. So lots of people were coming into Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. Passover. The city was starting to burst with people. So many people were there. At the same time, the governor, Pilate, also had come to the city. The governor of Judea didn't stay there. He stayed up in Caesarea on on the Sea of Galilee. So he'd visit there from time to time. But he wouldn't be staying in the city. So he had come into the city, and we know he was in the city because that week, Jesus ends up going before Pilate. Now let's think about a few things for a moment. We know that Pontius Pilate existed historically. We have evidence of this. And that he was in the city at the time. And if he came into the city, if a governor came into the city, especially someone like Pontius Pilate, whom the historians at the time said was a petty, mean, angry sort of man. If he was coming from his seaside home and had to come into Jerusalem and his whole job was to stay there and keep everything quiet, make sure there wasn't a whole lot of problems, but at the same time he wanted to show that the Romans were in charge. It wouldn't be far-fetched to think he came into the city with a great retinue on horseback. And he would have come in through a particular gate on the west side of the city, which was sort of the main entrance to the city of Jerusalem. And some soldiers, of course, would have been with him. It would not have been like a giant triumph. He didn't have tons of soldiers under his command, so many of them he had some. But they would come in and make a show, lest any of the Jews think that they would have an opportunity for mischief. Then at some point, Jesus comes in. Pilate would have come in on a horse, showing his authority, showing his power. People would have come out to at least acknowledge it. They may not have been happy with it. They dealt with it. Jesus comes in. And Jesus comes in not only on a donkey, but on a young donkey. This would have looked like a joke to most people. Think about it. Who comes riding into a city on a donkey? From all I know, from relatives that live in Greece, you take the donkeys to go on the mountains, on the sides of the mountains and things, because they have good footing and so on and so forth. Not horses, but that's about the only time you're going to be on a donkey. Someone who's a leader is going to be on a horse, and especially not a young donkey to boot. It may have even looked comical to some people at the time to see this happening. He wasn't being the type of leader, the type of king that people thought he was going to be. And so he comes into the city. And why were the people there? Much of the crowd was there not just to see Jesus, but to see Lazarus, who was raised from the dead. But they see Jesus riding on this donkey, and they have palm branches in their hands, and they sing, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, of course, means save now. But the crowd didn't really know what they were saying. They didn't really know what was going on. They didn't really know who Jesus was and what to expect from him. They were expecting probably something that happened akin to 200 years prior. There was a man named Judas Maccabeus, and he led a revolt against the Ptolemies, the the descendants of the Ptolemies, the Greeks who ruled the area at the time. And he was successful. And when he came into Jerusalem, he had a big triumph, and he was on a horse. And people were chanting the psalms as he was coming in. And here's Jesus, the true king, coming in. And they're chanting the same or similar psalms. They really don't know what he's about to bring. And it's not till after he's raised from the dead do the disciples understand, do the disciples get what their chanting of Hosanna in the highest means. It's not till after the resurrection that they understand that, after Jesus teaches them what all these things mean. So for us now how are we supposed to understand this entrance into Jerusalem? I think it's best in this case to look at the Epistle lesson that's mentioned on this day. St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. And there are two main themes in this section of St. Paul's letter. First, St. Paul is saying Be joyful, for your salvation is at hand. It is here. You have it. It's been given to you. It's been gifted to you. There's nothing you need to do. It's been freely given by Jesus. So be joyful in this. Be ecstatic that this has come to you. This is one thing we should learn. And the second thing we should learn is the nature of Christ and who he is. He's a king, but he's not an earthly king. When he wore a crown, it was in mockery. When he held a scepter, it was in mockery. When he wore the purple clothes, it was in mockery. When he came in Jerusalem on a horse, I mean, on a donkey, one could say it was making mockery of the human institution of the monarch. But he came in bringing something totally different. He came in bringing peace. He came in giving us a different understanding of what God is trying to get from us. And if we look at this letter to the Philippians, we can see if anything is noble, if anything is true, if anything is of good report, whatever things put us to the position of being holy, this is what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to imitate him. He wants us to be holy. He's not asking us to do things we can't do. He's not asking us to make him into something he's not. What he wants is for us to be holy. He wants us to have his peace. He wants us to have the life that he offers to everyone, the salvation he offers to everyone. And the means by which we attain this is by imitating God's holiness. And of course, first receiving that salvation freely given to him, freely given to us by God. So when we think about this entrance into Jerusalem, you can look at it as almost as Dickens says, a tale of two cities. You have the one city of man which understands this political nature of the king and who the king should be. And on the other hand, you have what Christ is bringing to Jerusalem, what his kingship means. And his kingship is not to see us bow down on the floor. His kingship is to raise us up. His kingship is to bring us life. His kingship is to teach us and to bring us to holiness, to godliness. Throughout this week, we are going to see our Lord and Savior completely humiliated, beaten, spit upon, crucified, and buried. We see all these things that are so human, so understood by all of us, that our God of holiness, of peace, and of life and resurrection does all of this so that we can have joy on that eighth day, that new day on Pascha, so we can have that joy of the life that he brings to the world through his holiness. So through this week, we are going to be seeing all that humanity does wrong and all that God does to bring us to him and once again to holiness.